Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast. Um, a weekly conversation between two friends where we sort of uh, work through some, just kind of like try and have a think about things beyond just what's for dinner. My name's Michael Forrest. And I'm Ivanka Magic. And this week we're going to talk about negotiation, persuasion, that sort of thing. Uh, partly based on, I'm reading a little book, partly based on you've talked about some um, stuff uh, that Claire Farrell was saying. And yeah. also, I want to just think about like trying to apply some of the stuff that I've been thinking about to some real life situations. Uh, personal, political, global, local, that kind of thing. Wow. I am interested because I think I anything that will help me talk to people about climate change without getting cross with them will be useful. Mm. How's it going? How you doing? It's going really well. Yeah. <laughs> I had a, I've had a nice couple of weeks. Uh, this week, I have also almost I've been a trustee at this charity for like a very long time, years. Mm. You know, there's, it's kind of a, it's not very big. I mean, I have massive turnover and blah blah blah, but you know, we do, we enjoy, I enjoy it. And uh, I've spent a long, long time getting to a point where we nearly have a new website ready. <laughs> it's like. Uh, something that I thought I'd be able to sort out in like three and a half minutes mm. has taken me years, <laughs> <laughs> maybe five years. Because <laughs> anyway, so that's very de- so that was very that's very delightful. Yes. So the manager of the centre came over on Wednesday morning, and we side by side, you know, we co made content so we've had a wordpress site built and now we just need to populate it so that was very satisfying and very productive congratulations thank nearly. you nearly <laughs> nearly <sighs> nearly um, congratulations maybe wait until i'm talking to drink the drink oh yeah okay <laughs> well, i'd finish anyway what about you michael how are you <laughs> okay i am good i'm policing ivanka today on uh, eating and drinking and look it's, it's, it all just comes to me i've got to like like there'll be this little mouth sound that i've then got to go in and just delete and mute on your side it's like don't drink because <laughs> this is what happens when you make everything very loud like all those little sounds get really loud it's like someone's doing that in your ear and it's like like adam buxton like recently let someone basically eat a salad whilst like being interviewed and it it's just disgusting it's horrible to listen to because it's like the whole time you're hearing this anyway were they very busy they were so they just hadn't eaten for 24 hours or something so fine there was a reason, but it just doesn't make for good a, a good audio recording in my limited experience. No. I am, well, I am going away next week to Milan for a week. I'm looking forward to a break from... And to have a proper little break, I'm 
I'm probably not going to even bring my laptop. Um, so scream emoji, <laughs> scream emoji, because um, and I think it's good. I think it's a good point to have a little break because I have had a, I did have one burnout and then one sort of semi burnout recently, and I think um, I'm just trying to get a few things finished this week, and then yeah, I've got I've got a week away, which I'm looking forward to. So you're going to get to practice your Italian. See, I've got two more Pimsleur like Italian si. lessons of 90 left. So wow. two more mornings, so you're half practically hour. fluent. See, si. sono fluente, if that's a word in <laughs> Italiano. Don't know. But no, I'm, I'm looking forward to feeling uh, like I can at least ask, what does this word that you just uh, used mean? And th- yeah, that's it. So I'm looking forward to that. So I've just got, I'm just going to get like an MVP, hopefully something I can share in my happiness app version three out in the next few days that I can start getting to people to look at and experiencing augmented reality data visualizations as well as a very nice neat way of recording your journal and I also like I um, I'm, I am thinking about this it's, it's quite nice going back and finding starred I've got this concept of starring old journal entries which is actually really nice for sort of like compressing your timeline history and actually kind of going back and finding those events and seeing those things um, I discovered a high, um, an old thing where I'd said um, uh, there was a model shoot going on upstairs and a, and a lady in a lift asked me if I was um, one of the models and I was like ah yes <laughs> <laughs> Which I'd completely forgotten about forever, but it was written in there and I was like, yeah, I'll leave that one starred. So if I ever want to just... <laughs> if I need a little boost. But I've got a really important question off the back of what Ooh. you just said. Yes. At what point did we start saying emoji instead of emoticon? It's, it's, I, I prefer it as a word. Emoticon's a bit of a mouthful. It, it is hard like to say, it's true. And it's <laughs> true, it's true. Emoji's a bit well, squidgy, isn't it? It's because it came from Japan as well, didn't it? Like, well, I don't know. Like, as a sort of generalised kind of language in itself, emoji oh, is see. a Japanese word. Oh, OK, OK. All so right, there you go, facts. Facts Fact. and figures. negotiations and persuasions and that Let's kind of it. thing. I want to start it by talking about this book I'm reading called Getting to Yes by... Do you know what? I'm, I've been using the Apple iBooks app um, yeah. and it gives you a, like, 10-minute goal, reading goal. Like, it says, oh, you've reached your goal, reading goal for today and I'm actually getting into it. So I've got a streak of um, seven days now of reading for 10 minutes a day, which means I'm actually getting through this bloody book. So streaks wow. work, habit chains work. So yeah, I quite like this. They work on um, you. Well, I think they work on people. I think you just need to get into it. Okay. Like once you've started, I think you can, uh, I think it works. Well, you your habit app keeps telling me that I need to do my shoulder exercises. Well, you need to get into it. Like if, yeah, if you sort of, um, if you lose the, if you break the chain, then it's much harder. But if you haven't yet broken the chain, it's great. Okay. Um, so maybe you need a new chain or an easier one or something like that. Um, getting to yes, I'm trying to find the bloody author and I'm not telling me. 
about the authors? Some bloke, a white Roger bloke Fisher. who used to work in sales, is it? Roger Fisher, <laughs> who is a professor of law emeritus oh. at Harvard Law School, actually. Sorry, actually. Roger, I was rude about you. Oh, do you know, I've just lost my place I was as a so result of doing that. Oh, no! <laughs> did you see my prejudices coming out then? Um, yes. I think uh, as method. long as one is aware and constantly examines one's prejudices and can move forward in a cohesive and cooperative way in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, right, this book, well, I'm, I'm actually listening. not super... Does it say, dis- start with that, so listen. <laughs> despite, despite, listen to me and obey, despite um, talking about this book, I'm actually not super far through it, but um, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Um, I'm not super far through it. Um, but I have certainly been inspired already. So it, the, the crux of it is that people think come into a negotiation with a position and which is advantageous to them. And the other person comes into the negotiation with their position. So I want to pay. I want you to pay more rent. I want to pay less rent. And then you basically you've got two kinds of people in that situation, people that will bully their way to kind of getting what they want and maybe sacrifice the relationship or people who will want to protect the relationship. And as a result, will probably give too many concessions, Um, which is we can all identify. Right. Um, Yeah. And what this talks about is, okay, don't argue over positions come in and talk about your interests if you say okay well i i am interested in being able to stay here for a longer time i am interested in like being able to save money or making the place nice and once you um, this is a landlord example i'm taking here but once you sort of start to talk about what you actually want from the situation you'll find that there will be more overlap and that there's a way that you can reach an agreement having kind of like looked at what your respective interests were that maybe you wouldn't have thought of. And actually, a lot of the time, they may actually, the fact that they are, you have sort of like opposite um, ideas about what you want actually means that like some, so the example is an orange, someone wants all the oranges. They both want all the oranges, but one wants them for the peels and the other one wants them for the fruit inside. So if they just stopped fighting about who gets the oranges and actually talked about what they were going to do with them, then they'd realise that one could take the peels and the other could take the middles and everyone's happy right. and it's brilliant. And then, um, yeah, it's, it's, it seems to then largely be about stuff we talk about and we've done a lot, which, you know, this sort of research brainstorming thing of, OK, let's get... Like, if you... Instead of facing head-to-head at each other and try, kind of arguing over position, it's like you're looking at a problem together sitting next to each other and trying to figure out a solution together and using all the techniques that you can use to reach a, find solutions to things, which is like sort of blue sky brainstorming sessions and like having crazy ideas and, you know, sort of reserving judgment, all that kind of thing. So I'm finding that very interesting. That does sound very interesting. Um, and what, what I think it... Um, why it's important now is that so much of the discourse politically is and just online is people having a position and defending their position and my sense from thinking about my blank state project is why can't we be talking about our interests and then because I think if we all talked about our interests we'd realize that there's a lot more like crossover than there is when we sort of only argue over positions so in an example with and 
uh, Claire Farrell definitely did bring this up in that Extinction Rebellion talk about the fact that it's much easier psychologically and collaboratively to talk about uh, your... um, sort of enjoy the process more than the outcome, like be more focused on that sort of... um, Finding a way of going, okay, we all want to survive, so yeah. how do we do it? Rather than, I want... Because this is my... The, the, the guy I've got on my Facebook who always goes on about nuclear. It's like, yeah, yeah. see, if we had nuclear... It's like, look, you and I are both interested in the same thing. Yeah. Can we stop putting forward... You, a, you're assuming that I don't want nuclear because mm. you see me as a bleeding heart screening. Let's just see yeah. why the dog is barking so vociferously. Hooray, it's dog time! And this is where we discovered that Ivanka actually did have an intruder. That the dog was rightly warning her about. If we listen, a scuffle. Perhaps the intruder is... Maybe it's the intruder is running away, climbing out of a window. Let's imagine what's happening. Or maybe the dog is just excited by passing animal, smelled an unfamiliar smell. As... I don't know what dogs, what makes dogs tick, really. Um, I saw a dog weeing on a bag of building materials today. I thought, that's you're stupid, aren't you? Dogs, not very bright. So uh, here's Ivanka back. Are you talking? Uh, I'm just filling for time, just talking about dogs and things. The cat, there was a cat, some cat. Yeah, a cat, sitting, an animal. That was an one animal. of my theories. A cat was sitting at the kitchen window, yeah. sort of going... <laughs> can't catch me <laughs> to so the dog Floyd was feeling terribly threatened by oh, this oh he needed to defend us from the invasion of the cat um, he's a lovely dog he doesn't like cats it's <laughs> like <laughs> such a nightmare if you take him for a walk and he sees a cat he need to yank you over oh my anyway, goodness right, and then I had to open the window the cat was just looking at me going just so shall I stay do you want me to go so it kept just moving a bit further away going is this far enough <laughs> like get out of the garden please we haven't seen our cat for ages it's cold Aww. now the windows certainly never open really so so it doesn't pop so no, in maybe we'll see it next year so no more cat vomit on yours <laughs> I think that's the advantage Sometimes if you if you don't understand what somebody's getting to, mm. you can also assume solutions or assume they're after something that they're not. Because even yeah. somebody sitting down and looking for a pay rise, when you sit down and break it down, it's often because they're fed up at work. <laughs> Do you mm. know what I mean? Like it's like if you are um, you know, it's like I'm dealing with all this shit all day long and I'm not getting paid enough. And that's sort of philosophy. And if yeah. they are genuinely not getting paid enough from a sort of market rates, that can be addressed separately from, you know, this is not helping me in my life. I'm not learning. And, I, you know, I've sat down with bosses and gone, at the moment, you're not giving me anything good to put on my CV. I'm not enjoying coming to work and you're not paying me enough. So, you yeah. know, like I'm not, I feel like it's all give here um, or all take yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So... But, a, yeah, and in a positional yeah. argument, like you're, you'll be imagining that your worst case scenario is the thing that they're pushing for, 
which is like not even necessarily the case. But I would like to talk about like how we could use this in job negotiations. Mm-hmm. Because for a start, like what the worst thing I've heard recently, like somebody I know just had another baby, like, you know, eight weeks ago. So she's been working for this um, agency as a graphic designer for like eight years or something. She said like years, like best part of a decade, but as a freelancer. And then recently she finally said, OK, well, I'll come, I'll go permanent. But they've pulled some, they, they're not giving her maternity leave like because the dates are slightly, she like signed like I don't know a few days oh, like me, out yeah. of the thing, and it's like, how do you? Uh, yeah, she wants to protect the relationship. Yeah, I think um, it just it's. I find that outrageous that 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 when people when you end up not even yeah just it's the letter of the here's the contract thing and there's no room for flexibility or like just a little bit of like oh no come on she's been here for ages like just let her have some maternity leave why would you do and it just sets it's i think like i mean it's it's like they're having their cake and eating it as well because she wants to keep the relationship sweet and they don't care because now they've got her signed up you know with a permanent contract and it's just like it's not cool and how could she have like the first thing is, like, if you're, like, stuck talking to some mid-level HR person, how do you get to have a grown-up negotiation anyway? Like, is it even... And I, that's, I will never want to work for places where I can't even have that grown-up conversation with someone that can actually... has a bit of, like, flex or can actually have a real conversation. Because a lot of the time it's, like... Money is one one factor, but I also want like maybe we could talk about other things. Like I would like to maybe I could work a slightly shorter day, or maybe yeah. I, you know I want my Fridays, or I want you know like a term like can we say like three months and then a break of two months and then three yeah. months? Like actually kind of get creative with those things. And I'm always a bit nervous to like kind of put those on the table. And like, can you even do that when it's just like some HR person? I uh, once. Got talking about this in someone else's conversation. Somebody I know is having a difficult time yeah. at work. And I was like, well, one solution is to just email the CEO. Yeah. Stra- you know, it's risky, but mm. it, you know, like, you need, if they are not understanding what is wrong, like the fact that they've come up, they, they have a policy and then they're undermining their own policy by mm. then, and you're supposed to be implementing it. Tell them, write it down, tell them. It doesn't have to be aggressive. And uh, mm. and then I was telling Nick, I was like, well, oh, you know, that's, God, that's bad advice. <laughs> I was like, but I, I remember at LBI, an email went out about how we weren't going to get pay rises that year because blah, 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 shareholders, basically, blah, blah. And I got really, because you know, when I was at LBI, I think in terms of billable days, they only need to sell my time for about three months and they'd covered my salary. And right. I know there's other costs associated, yeah, but, um, still. and I just, you know, on the train back to Brighton was <laughs> like, well, okay, we can't talk about payers. What about talking about more holiday days? What about talking about training courses? What about conference? Like there's a thousand more yeah. things that you could offer me. And I got really like, boom, boom, boom. And I went, this is the error I made in terms of, was that I went past my boss straight to the CEO. So I undermined her. I was, you know, it wasn't the right approach, but it did get me 15 minutes with the CEO to go, you know, don't you expecting loyalty and you've got to be, this is supposed to be a creative agency. Be creative about how you reward us. 
Yeah. You know, so I did I've, a CC of that same CEO in another situation. And <laughs> like, sort of like, I don't know, I think it worked. But I like, mean, it's, I don't. It's, um, You've got to, like, be able to, to follow it up if you're going to do that. But it's, I do, it's like that, when you, you feel like you're only negotiation position, and I feel like it's, you feel like the conversation is, oh, well, we just won't give you the job or we just, you could just be mm. fired if you don't agree to our terms. And, but, like, a lot of people fall into this trap, like, the, like they're not giving the other person anything. <laughs> they're not no. gaining anything from employing me. You know, like, it's, it's this idea that they just hold this thing that you want and that they can ask for, you know, but, demand whatever they want. But find, finding new staff is really hard. Replacing God. people who leave your team, people who leave your business is really hard. Expensive, takes time, it's risky. Yeah. Like... Your the team you have is always, with a few exceptions, going to be a better option than losing anyone. Unless they're you know particularly not very good, and then you've got to also get good at mm. get rid of getting rid of them. But as a negotiating yeah. position, it's like, well, if you don't play nicely, if you are going to get nitpicky, do you want me to come back and play to rule? Because I could also work to rule. If you're going yeah. to look at the dates great but then i'm working from nine till five thirty i'm taking one hour for lunch i'm gonna no you don't want to make like yeah yeah i'm like, yeah. not gonna answer my emails outside of work hours i am not going to yeah. how, where does that end? it seems like yes. a, an incredibly yes. childish no sort of do, do you want me to go around shall i go <laughs> i phone them up? Me to do this too. Like, <laughs> i can do this too <laughs> yeah like and then and and, and then people kind of retreat from that because they want to protect the relationship um but i mean what you know what are you protecting if they're already treating you like uh, dirt i don't know in terms of the sort of politics there is, I think, like this massive inequality, how many people are really for it? I don't think any, but that's that going back to that video of like people walking around Guildford going, do you believe in free, good education for everybody? Yes. Do you believe in a free NHS? Yes. You should have voted Corbyn. <laughs> like, uh, you know, it's that, that the, the actual, like the interests are, people's interests are generally very, very similar. Yeah. That's my uh, feeling as well. And there'll be different things. You'll have your bugbears and your things at the moment. They're like, uh, why isn't the rubbish being taken out? But generally, I, I, I think we... I mean, that, that mental leap of you need your state to be looking after you when you're down rather than necessarily, like, kind of giving you even more when you're winning. Like, that's, that's sort of, like, back-to-front yeah. way of voting that most pe- a lot of people are doing. This is one of the things on, on the subject of... Uh, the leg up and equality, the guy, the Agamemnon from yes. I've never known anyone called Agamemnon. So my my new best friend, no, Agamemnon, when he was doing his talk at uh, Meaning, he talked about the fact that the fossil fuel industry gets pre-tax and profit subsidies, and all subsidies have been removed from the renewables industry. So it's not what? a level playing field. Cameron removed the subsidies from the renewables. It's like a uh that is not 
fair. <laughs> that well, is here's not... the thing, like, the more I hear about reasons not to vote Conservative, the more I understand about what the damage they've done, like, over the, not just the last decade, but also, you know, Thatcher times as well. Like, the more I understand, like, it's the, the, the position of, right, well, I'm not going to vote for them is a distillation of a lot of kind of little things along the way. And and then that's the danger is that if you just talk about the position and you don't like help the other person see why you got to that position, then they aren't gonna it's gonna be hard to get through to anyone. So but it's really tempting to just like, well no, this is it in a nutshell, not conservatives. But then um, what? I, I like yeah, not, them. I, I like not paying taxes on business. Oh, Corbyn's going to want to turn this into a communist state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but, uh, give take away everything from the rich and give everything to poor people. <laughs> and I'm not going to have a house. Yeah, well, oh, I think wait. it's a... I think the positioning thing is, is a bit... So on those things of like equality, there, there are I, I think there's very few people that would at least in public or openly disagree. <laughs> I hmm. think though there's a are you flipping out <laughs> the discourse right now. It's, Stuff people wouldn't used to have ever said, said is now just they just toss it off with their real names attached to it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Just I'm in not, like a. <sighs> I think there's a, a, a function of the fact that everything is so ephemeral and everyone forgets everything two minutes after they've seen it. Probably that you just it doesn't even there's no consequences for saying something racist no. anymore. No. Anyway, proceed. Which that my going back to Agamemnon for a moment. He was like mm. yesterday. I was in a um, you know in a in a, uh, a parliamentary thing with 400 young people from Lambeth or whatever it was, all being spoken yeah. to by this minister, going, "I believe in you. I believe that you can all do these things." And then he stood up and went, you're full of bullshit. And then he'd drawn up Hansard, brought up Hansard and said, you argued against the cap on tuition fees. <laughs> like, how can you stand in front of these disadvantaged kids and tell them that you're on their side when you actively voted and campaigned against them? So he, he was that sort of a guy. And that's, that's why I liked him so much, because he was like flipping everybody the bird but mm. it is that sort of uh yes yeah, something has gone a bit wrong in what people are willing to admit as well that they are there's just no there's not enough shame at the moment there's yeah. just not enough embarrassment and shame <laughs> and all their little like <laughs> who knew we would be saying this i don't who know knew? but um what you have segued into in a way there is the um the next thing in the negotiating list is um agreeing on objective like measuring things against objective like measures like looking at something that you can both look at objectively and compare it to that rather than kind of doing it all over opinions and this kind of thing so for example the example it gives is um like if a builder if you wanted five foot foundations and the builder only wanted to do two foot foundations you wouldn't and then that you go to the builder i want five and he goes yeah well i already gave you that roof thing like uh, I did extra stuff on the roof, so can can we just do the two foot foundations? You wouldn't go, oh yeah, okay. You'd go, no. Well, what are the ordinances? What is the city's? What are the rules? What are other houses? And you know, you'd look at the date, the facts, and see what the the. I, I don't know enough about housing. You probably, <laughs> no, I probably sound like an idiot. <laughs> you wouldn't like have that debate over your opinions and like uh, like trading like on other things. You'd be like, no, I want my house not to fall down, right? Yeah. But as you've sort of touched on, was like the sort of decline of 
people's acceptance that anything can be an objective measure is 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 a poison we're all facing right now but yes that you know someone does a study on the the profitability phases of drilling deep sea drilling was another example it's like oh there's some research been done let's look at this and use this to make a decision and the person that's asking for way too much money realizes oh it's actually not profitable so let's like do it this and then later on we do this and it's all about you know let's you surely there being some sort of study or objective information about something is always like oh brilliant something that we can use to reach an agreement um why isn't that why isn't that the discourse i I, yeah I i think that's i think a lot of things that are wrong at the moment are scarily wrong and i think that's what you know it just makes people go i can't i can't picture this in my head therefore i'm gonna fight it It makes me feel scared it makes me feel and i and i therefore Mm. i want to fight it instead of fix it um it's like you know take the you know extinction rebellion tooth like the first a uh, big thing they did in London in April was a bit more like lovings and let's have a garden on Waterloo Bridge and everyone's lovely. And mm. this time, like the police, even before they started, went in and like seized their wheelchairs and wheeled oh access, like properly stuff that isn't and could never be considered in any way dangerous or offensive or a weapon or anything like that. And it's like, uh, you know, this is too much to deal with, so we must attack it. And I mean, even yeah. the police's own uh, disability association or commission or whatever they have are criticising them for the way they handled their second big rebellion. Mm. And it's like, you're, it's just that I can understand when I'm talking to somebody about, I don't know, inequality or somebody who's always voted conservative and I go, do you know, you, you've... <laughs> I didn't vote for it. <laughs> you did. Mm-hmm. So while they'd go, no, how dare you judge me? Why do you? You know, it's. I don't. I think. I think it's to do with our emotional reactions to these things, right. because they're so hard. In the same way, it's like if you're asking your boss for a pay rise and your boss does not have the power to grant you a pay rise, that person. I mean, I'll talk about myself in this context. Mm. You know, some places you get a budget and you know what you can do. Some places, someone's coming to you. You know they deserve it. You know the market rates are wrong, but actually you cannot do it you can all you can do is go to hr and raise it up the you know raise it up and go we're not paying this person enough how what what do i need to give you to help you make a case for us paying this person more money and then you know and the person keeps asking you you're like i can't do anything i am helpless and you're just stressing me out now because i don't know what i can do about it and i hope you know largely i've handled these situations uh, like professionally but it does like i only wish i could wave a magic wand and make it better but i don't have the power so i think in some of it it's like demanding of the powerless or people who feel unempowered that they do something is also not uh you know it's not going to be conducive to good healthy discussion
let's talk about like family members and talking to them and trying to get them to change their behavior. I'd really like you to not do this or like power comes in lots of different forms, doesn't it? It's like there's difficult conversations to be had now around elections, around action on climate change. So I think, you know, going a bit off what we were talking about in the last episode coming out of meaning, if we can't connect with the people closest to us, and all sort of reach some common agreement. And I don't know. Can I, uh, you've just sparked a, like a definition, an idea of a definition of power. And I'm thinking about Kilgrave on Jessica Jones. Like power is not having to think about something. Just to do is Power is the privilege, the luxury of not having to think about certain things. So it's um, like I don't have to worry about whether where I'm going to get the money from to pay this. I don't have to explain myself to this person, so then therefore I don't have to engage. So when you've got so in a way, just even the fact that you're forcing your this person with power to pay attention to you interferes with what power gives them, which is not to have to think about your problems. And hence, Extinction Rebellion is like these people, you know, the sort of people don't think about this stuff and they have power. But if they're being forced to keep thinking about it, their, their power is undermined. If people keep yeah. asking them about it, that, that their power to not have to worry about something is in a very real sense taken away. And then again, I, I think just thinking about Kilgrave thing is like that's the power of the psychopath, not having to worry about how the other person feels. Yeah. Is just then kind of frees up your brain to have ideas about how to get stuff. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. But but in that in that definition, we all have power and more yes, power yes. that we than we think. It's like there's that old that you know, old sayings like the squeaky wheel gets the oil and all that kind of stuff. Like mm -hmm. if you're constantly even somebody in a huge in a huge position of power, you still have the power to make it impossible for them to not think about you. Yes, yes. And to, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then the worst thing you can do is to shut up. Yeah, and because I, and I, they'll yeah. just then they don't have to think about it, and then the you know their power is consolidated in a very real sense. Because because I I think that this is what that whole thing about not being fatalistic that I wrote down in my, in yeah. my that's what it is yeah it's yeah like, like it can change whatever your it, power is if your power is to make somebody have to walk the long way round to work because you've blocked a bridge or mm. if your power is to make them have to think about what they're going to cook you for dinner because you've told them you're not eating meat because of climate yeah. change you know like maybe that's a power that I'm not using enough I'm being all very considerate and mm. do you know what I mean you know like I think because yeah, you worry that people won't like it yeah um, but it'll like, be inconvenient terribly yeah. sorry but i'm very worried about this one at that woman that i really liked yesterday though i really did like all the speakers yesterday. sarah mm. mckinley mm. Uh, she talked about being a change warrior it's like we're mm. all warriors we're not just like not and she used powerful words like that because she referred to an example of an indian some indian territory in america Native American territory not, I don't know, near 
I don't know, Ohio, somewhere. I don't know. I don't know it well enough. I'm sorry. Um, but she talked about the fact that the chief, you know, they sit in prayer circles and he, you know, he describes it as hearing from his ancestors going, mm. stop accepting what is being done to you and start yeah. changing it. Just do what you know needs to be done. And sort of whether he heard that in a prayer circle and it was his ancestors talking to him doesn't, doesn't really matter because apparently in Native American terms, they talk in terms of seven generations forward and back right. so they don't right. have this sort of short-term political view that we're stuck in which is mm. like a four-year e uh, election process where people kind of like they're either trying to tell you whatever they need to to get your vote or that's basically what they're trying to do pretty much all the time <laughs> yeah. they've got just enough to prove that it was worth voting for them and then they're going to go yeah yeah sure sweets yeah we'll all have sweets and then they well and they only have to think about it while they're trying to get elected and then they don't have and to think about like, it anymore like, relax it's like now and, for a couple of years unless we keep unless we keep at them the whole time they're just what is their incentive to actually do anything probably yeah, yeah. minimal unless you sort of come into the next election and this is how it works isn't it it's just yeah. all this I've got to persuade people to vote for me and then I just forget then about it. Have a little sit down. Um, I think there's um I think we tend to overestimate the power than other like the powers we don't have we tend to overestimate how much that gives the other person as well. So the idea that if I had a million pounds, I wouldn't have any problems yeah. because I don't have a million pounds. So I don't know what it's like to have a million pounds. But of course, when you've got the million pounds, you got, like the, spending that money in an effect, like actually getting something done doesn't matter how much money you throw at it like there's so many other problems as part of that when you do have money you're kind of constantly exposed to how inadequate money on its own is to solving very big complex problems and um, but when you're one someone without money you think oh well yeah but they've just got all the money and i'll never get what i want so i'm just going to shut up because you don't realize all the power that you have and the things that you have that probably they don't have um, I think yeah. some, somebody ended up talking about this. <laughs> it's like okay, power good. yesterday did come up. And that's what I meant about yesterday's meaning gave a lot of different language and different lenses on concepts that you and I talk about often. Yeah. Um, and it was something like the three principles of power. No clue who said it or where it comes from. <laughs> I've got some pictures, so it might help. Uh, but it says, you know, rules of power. Power compounds. So the more power you have, the more power mm. you get. Power justifies itself, so because you want to protect yourself, and the more, and then power is infinite. But that was also that it mean, you know, it's delivered in the context of it, you might think you don't have power, but the more you assume you have power, the more power you will have because your power also compounds. Hmm. And, and that's the belief aspect of it as well. Yeah. I tried to sort of clumsily talk about in a re recent episode, like power is really just a belief that you have power. And if, 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 if people believe different things, then you don't have any power anymore. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think this is the thing, like I, I, my friend Delisa and I sat down yesterday and we were talking about something I'd done to help somebody. We're like, it's all made up. The whole world, <laughs> everything yeah, yeah. is made up. It's just all made up. And we're all we're sort of agreed that these rules are the rules that we're we're playing to at the moment, and these are the things mm. that we have to do, and in order for that that made up set of rules to persist, and there's really no reason why the rules can be a bit different. Mm. Uh, well, <laughs> the, the, the real stuff is: Am I hungry? Yeah. Do, do I am I cold? You know, do I have a roof over my head? But and let's say, let, but let's let's put it as. Um, 
you get, let's call, let's look at the happiness wealth threshold and say beyond like a certain point of um, wealth where it does turn into pure belief about, oh, well, they have a better brand of lawnmower or whatever the hell it is, um, is just entirely fictional. Yeah. All of those comparisons at that point. The real things are hunger. The real things are being scared about how you're going to survive. Beyond that, we have invented an awful lot of stuff <laughs> to <laughs> yeah, 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 fixate yeah. on that doesn't oh. mean anything, really. This is that uh, from that woman, that, the zebra, the zebra woman. Yeah, I've still got the zebra picture in my peripheral vision there. She goes, uh, she's from a book by somebody else. She put up rules for action, which is change the game. Yeah. Because that's, that's a yeah. really important, like these are, does somebody made up these rules? Like if you don't play by these rules, play by some different rules, you know, make the game different. Yeah. Um, unless you're fawn trying to play Uno, then you've got to do the rules. But anyway, so then, you know, change the story. So create a new narrative where, you know, powerful white men don't get to sit at the head of the table in the meeting that you're in and be heard. Like why, why isn't there a story where everybody under 18 gets to vote? Well, what's wrong with that story? And, mm. um, change the equation. Like this is the three, this book by Eric Liu. Um, but yeah. it's like, you know, it is all about whether or not you, you what you believe that adhering to the game as is currently invented is worth the bother. <laughs> people <laughs> that well, and, and just compare like people who are the people that benefit from adhering very closely to the rules of the game as it already exists. That's spam bots and <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's hacks that's that's all the gross stuff you see where people have like that's benefit fraud even if you want to look at that like, here is the system and it like people that just say okay well i'm gonna completely go with this system as it is tend to do stuff that is not very nice yeah um whereas the people that change the rules change the foundations on which everything's built to, like introduce a new perspective they're the people that we revere and aspire to and possibly try and assassinate as well but like they're the people that are actually making the world not the people that um follow the rules as they exist no 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 exactly <laughs> We definitely need a new game because this game is benefiting so few people. This fake agreed yeah. construct is benefiting too few people. This yes. is one one slide I did take a photo of yesterday. Was this uh, oh, was this guy had done a it's like a little cartoon of a man in a in a ragged old business suit sitting around the fire with some children cross legged and they're like, yes, the planet got destroyed, but for a beautiful moment in time, we created a lot of value for shareholders. And it, it's like, <laughs> that's not. I don't like that game. I don't want to play it anymore. But mm. you know, we're done with that game. 
there's a lot of games available to play as well. And like, some it's interesting. Like the, the shareholder thing. Like I, I'm only even engaging with it because I've been forced to. Because it seems to be a game that seems to be particularly power, like be a way of harvest, extracting a lot of wealth from societies by doing this shareholder game. Um, but there's lots of other games around that. Are probably equally stupid, but you don't have to engage with them because they're not ruining your life. They're not like yeah. ruining your world. Yeah, I know, um, yeah. I think that's the other. Yeah, I think. But you know, even this, the game as it current currently stands, I'm I'm doing all okay at it. Yeah, yeah, you know, too. I'm not. I'm not uh, losing. I, I'm not one of the. I said that, and thinking was I going to edit out the first thing I just said, ruining my life. My life's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, but that's the thing. I think it's possible to, you know, like, I think more people need to look around and work out who the game's working for. Yeah, and how much, how many losers are they willing to accept as being worth having for them to continue to win or do well yeah. you know so and i think that i mean i certainly am in a in a, a situation where i can play this game but i don't i don't like it i don't like and i'm willing to disrupt it if i can mm. i think that's i would like to popularize with people that are the poorest in society that if power is not having to think about stuff that you don't want to think about then you making a lot of noise in a direct way takes away undermines that power and make forces them to have to think about it so do uh, go beyond just voting leave. <laughs> like, actually, like, start talking, start yeah. coming out. And whatever you, you know, people are not going to be able to ignore you anymore. And I guess they, they knew that <laughs> on some right. level. Like, we're all having to have this bloody Brexit conversation because, you know. Because people. So yeah, but people I, I, went, oh, yeah, I'm going to make you think about my problems. This is a big, But, yeah, because I think everybody has the power to force people to think about um I, I just I saw a beautiful tweet this morning, which is what I'm, I'm going to just find it for you quickly because it, it's possible that the audio might be well, it's, it's a bit left field for us, but so it's in in Yorkshire. Listen to this woman. Is that a promise, though, Boris? Because you promised us months ago that you were going to give our community £25 million to make these communities better. For town funds. We're we're still waiting for it, Boris. So are you you just sat here now? Is that a lie again? We need to know. We need help. The people were walking in here yesterday, Boris. You you didn't see them. Little girls from Fish Lake with no shoes on their feet, Boris. A lady, a 78-year-old lady, Boris. Honestly, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. How well does she use his name? <laughs> what are you going to do, Boris? So you're lying to us, Boris. Boris, is that another lie, Boris? It's like, it's like, what? It's like just beautiful the way she just goes, no, you, I'm talking to you, Boris. I'm not talking to yeah. some ge- you, Boris. <laughs> Brilliant. But that's, that's getting in that's gonna erode like however much power you've got like that you if enough people uh like um, i want to start off the back of that i retweeted her and just put hashtag boris like every sentence was what have you heard this hashtag boris what are you gonna do boris (laughs) and i think it should become for the next you know forever until he's not in any power to go how you doing boris what are you doing like flood the internet with hashtag boris you 
flood these people's feeds. Yeah, it's with, just like uh, don't you not you can't go anywhere because the whole world is going to be covered for the next <laughs> six weeks with. And if he gets elected, and then we should ramp it right up. Yeah. It's like if you if you get to be our prime minister, Boris, <laughs> you've got lots of work to do. Boris, because the world needs saving, Boris, and you've got the power to do it, Boris. You know, so it's like, I thought that was, anyway, I liked her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Boris. Oh, he's he's Boris. definitely um, spent a lot of time focusing on what the current rules are. So, of course, he's terrified of the rules changing. Absolutely. All right, thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, go to grandpodcast.com. I am, I'm just going to get a robot to do this now. Done yeah. it. So I, it was funny listening to the old episodes before we'd sort of fallen into the routine and going, what is this? is all wrong. Um, if you like it, you go to grandpodcast.com. There's a subscribe button or subscribe in the app and just subscribe your friends like Ivanka's always telling people to do. Yes. Um, and there's a mug down below if you want to buy our mug. It's nice. Uh, where can people find you on the internet, Ivanka? People can find me at Ivanka on Twitter and at grandpodcast on Instagram. Yeah. Okay. And you can find me at michaelforestmusic.com and on YouTube, YouTube user Michael Forrest if you want to look at some nerdy synthesizer stuff. Um, what's the banger doing with this I'm going to do an Instagram photo of it. Instagram of me. Ooh, of, of us. My like my, my oh. messy office. Mm. Um, it's a shame um, Nick's iMac's behind it because I might be able to crop it. While Ivanka works on our social media mid outro, <laughs> I'm going to say, you know. uh, I'm going to say, um, oh, what's the other thing? So we've got Patreon. If you are interested in donating money, we can use it for stuff. There's plenty that, I mean, we're already investing awful large quantities of time. It might help placate our significant other's concerns. <laughs> oh, they don't mind. They, they love don't it. mind. They love us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and what else anything else um, yes ratings reviews uh, please write them <laughs> if you can it'd be really nice some stars they could do very well for beating the algorithms yes and help us turn down sponsors in future maybe if that's the other oh. reason for Patreon because obviously this podcast is going to blow up any year now <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to be put in that position do we want to start talking about space every week do I, do I want to tell you hey do you want a beautiful design website with drag and drop templates should we do like a practice ad um, hey hey there's something that you can do which is home security oh we could also sell betting we could do that Barclays the, the bank one that says we could do that sky one oh, the no. guaranteed wifi cover imagine if we were talking about that nonsense in your podcast <laughs> do you want that is that what you that's want because I mean. that's what'll happen it's uh, a bit of a cultural so, yeah, reference just say no just say no um, <laughs> so, um, meanwhile goodbye we'll see you next time bye 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 bye